Scanner! Right? That's, yeah, that, that works. Yeah, it does. Hey, what's up? It is Get Geekish. This is the Get Geekish podcast. I'm Beno. That's Derek over there. And we thank you again for joining us once again this week. We're talking something that's near and dear to all of our hearts. Really, really bad bosses. But animated ones. Yeah, We're not, not about real life ones. Because Yeah, we don't want to burn any bridges, right? We're talking about some of the worst animated bosses in history. We've got a whole list of ones that... We think might be people I would never want to work for. And I figure we'll start off with an oldie but a goodie. It was started as a comic strip, but the pointy haired boss from Dilbert, which we never actually learned his name from what I gathered, but he is the uh, manager of the engineering department where Dilbert works. And he's pretty much just dumb as a rock. I don't think I you're talking about the comic strip Dilbert, right? Well, they made a cartoon series. Out yeah, of it. that's where I, that's where I've, I finagled that into the animated one because they did. Well, because I was going to say, like Dilbert was another like as weird as it is. You know how like if there's a cartoon on TV, but there's nothing else on, you'll end up watching it. That's how I felt about the Dilbert comic is sometimes I'd read all the comics in the Sunday paper, which I don't even know if that's the thing anymore. <laughs> but um, and I'd be like, OK, I read all these. And then it's like, all right, I guess I'll read Dilbert. <laughs> Now I feel like I'd appreciate Dilbert more, you know, than in when I did as a younger thing. So I can I can definitely adhere to the bosses where you're like, I yeah, I think it's, he's one of those bosses that after you are like in the quote unquote adult world that a lot of those <laughs> jokes make a lot more sense. Yeah, I mean he's this little guy who doesn't know anything about what he's telling people to do. Openly tells people that they're worthless to him. Always thinks he's right. Doesn't remember anything that happened more than a week ago. Uses sarcasm and metaphors completely incorrectly. It's, you know, if especially as someone's an engineer like Dilbert, you know, it's one of those things. It's it's tough to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, what about uh, what I started off with? Super, super Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Super, <laughs> Nintendo, super, super Nintendo Chalmers, <laughs> right? Super Nintendo Chalmers. I mean, even Skinner himself is, you know, both of those guys right there, are a one-two punch. The Simpsons, punch. They, they've got a, 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 it's more than a one-two punch. I mean, you've got Smithers is the Mr. bad boss at the, at the elementary Burns. school. And, I mean, he's a absolutely horrid principal. He, all the characters have some shining moments, but in general, he doesn't care. Super Nintendo Chalmers <laughs> uh, is, does nothing but yell and get angry at people. Mr. Burns is the complete stereotypical rich old angry tycoon that wants everything for himself and treats everybody else horribly release the hounds the way he treats poor smithers all those years yeah. and all smithers just wants to love him <laughs> i mean um, and like simpsons nails real world sometimes you know kind of too head on <laughs> yeah i mean some, sometimes they go too far but other things they have there's little bits and pieces that's i i feel like it's the the beauty of the writing of no matter what walk of life you're from, there's something you can find to identify with in it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, too, is like you even you look at, you know, the many plethora of jobs that the Simpsons, you know, kind of portray in there, you know. Homer at the, the nuclear plant right there. I mean, that's one of those ones. Yeah, he makes it look like it's a little thing. And, but in the real world, I guarantee you it's more in-depth. And honestly, I don't know if I'd want that burden of making sure that things didn't melt down and keep my eyes on stuff. And it just seems like a very anxiety-ridden job. <laughs> Only if you care. Right? That's true. <laughs> That's true. Get some get some naps in there. Um, another one that 
I feel counts as an animated one because there's been multiple animated versions of him is Mr. J. Jonah Jameson. Oh, yeah. Peter Parker's boss at the Daily Planet. Uh, Damn it. That's right. Yeah, okay. Planet Bugle. I, I get them all confused together. <laughs> it, it throws, my DC it and Marvel off. messed up. Right. But, um, but yeah, guy, no, aside, aside from being a complete D-bag and wanting to get pictures of things for money, could you imagine having to work with something where everything that comes out of their mouth is a screaming rant? Like, I, I feel like he raises his voice to get a coffee. <laughs> like, hey, I I mean, get in here. I, I need a double LRT. I mean, again, that's kind of real world experience that's certain people on this podcast have experienced. Um, you know, we've all, we've all had that, that one boss. That's just a little, little over there and not over necessarily angry, but just, yeah, just a little over the top. And you're like, Oh my gosh. But yeah, you're right. J Jonah, J Jonah Jameson with, uh, I mean, started out in comics, then went animated, then went to real life movies. So yeah, you nailed that one. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I could work for him. I, I, I couldn't. And especially knowing that if you got pictures as good of Spider-Man as Peter Parker got pictures of Spider-Man, you could go sell it somewhere. So in today's world, you just phone up TMZ or Weekly World News, you retire early, you get those kind of pictures. Not Free. for some local city gazette. <laughs> Print is dead. That's what I want to wonder now. Like I, I haven't caught up in the new Spider-Man comics. Is, is J. Jonah Jameson still a part of the storylines in modern comics? And is he still well, running a newspaper? Or has he say, moved I'm on to the digital he, frontier? He probably went the route that he did in Far From Home, right? Where he was <laughs> Most like likely. a, a off-channel vlogger type of thing with, with news. Uh-huh. Like video. Kind of like how they had him do in... I mean... Because it's, it's kind of like a TMZ light. <laughs> yeah, in the, in the Spider-Man game, he was kind of like a podcaster, had his own little radio show type of thing. So, yeah, maybe in the comics he did that. Anyway, <laughs> I still would want to work with him, regardless of the media. Oh, here we the go. Medium. In the original Sin storyline, J. Jonah Jameson had fired a former Daily Bugle employee for viewing an embarrassing article about Spider-Man being a wrestler. And then Jameson established the Fact Channel. That might so ring the, true to real life. Mm-hmm. Nobody listens to him, so I'll just start my own media empire. That's That seems like a timely topic. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no politics, no politics. All right, moving on. Uh, Professor Farnsworth from Futurama. See, on that one, I don't... Hilbert J. Farnsworth, to be exact. Good news, everyone. It might be kind of fun, though. I mean... Well, fun, maybe, but you realize every time he says good news, everyone, it's pretty much, hey, everybody, there's a dangerous job that I'm going to tell you is really good, but you're probably going to get killed doing it. Right. I mean, <laughs> they get out okay. I want to ride, ride in a spaceship as much as the next person, but I'd rather, like, you know, have a return ticket if I go on a spaceship. It's, you know. Yeah, they uh, they do get in a lot of things with him. And there's numerous times they make jokes about it too. If he, you know, he's got employees lined up to replace whoever's there within minutes, and that, how many times does he send the crew off somewhere and there's already replacements back before they've even returned and come back? Like, mm-hmm. he's, oh, they're gonna die. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Good news, everyone. <laughs> um, SpongeBob SquarePants had a piece of work for a boss, Mister Krabs. <laughs> 
Dude, the penny pincher Mr. Krabs always cares about a buck. Kind of, you know, he's kind of goes that line with Mr. Burns of that that old-fashioned only cares about the almighty dollar type of thing. We'll do whatever it takes to cut costs to get that money. And, uh, you know, poor naive little SpongeBob just doesn't see it. Squidward <laughs> doesn't give a crap about it. So, I mean, but, uh, you know. He'll, he'll abuse his employees, and it's definitely one of those ones where, again, I would say, you know what, I don't want to work here no more. Even though I a Krusty Krab does look delicious. Looks disgusting. <laughs> For fake cartoon food, that's another podcast we should go down, but the fake cartoon food, that, that burger looks delicious. <laughs> I just kind of find that you, you compared Mr. Krabs to Mr. Burns. <laughs> I mean, you have the the equivalent of a middle-aged lowlife who wants a bunch of money but never did anything other than own a burger shack versus the richest man in the country. I said they like he goes the line of like kind of the way he treats the employees and only cares about the dollar and stuff like that. Not saying he's, you know, this all big and almighty goof goober. <laughs> Fun fact, you know who voices Mr. Krabs? Yep. <laughs> Oh, you want me to say his name? It's a uh, uh, oh crap, Clancy Brown. Yeah, thank you. He's Clancy I was gonna Brown. say I, I remember seeing him in other stuff. I'm like, hey, that's Mr. Krabs. Yeah, people people might know him. He was uh, Captain he was, Headley in the Shawshank Redemption. He was, he was uh, Captain Lost, Starship he? Troopers. Uh, he might have been in there. And he also voices Lex Luthor and uh, Surtur in Thor Ragnarok. He's got a so, very distinct voice, Mr. Krabs. Surtur, Thor Ragnarok. Put those mm-hmm. two together and you can never quite watch them the same way again. <laughs> I mean... Yeah. <laughs> kind of. I, I, I kind of want to go edit some of Mr. Krabs' voice lines over Ragnarok and just see how those fit in there. <laughs> if you ever have a chance to, to watch the live action of them reading... Not like live action, but live reading of them, like reenacting a scene, hilarious. Because Clancy Brown is just watching him do his lines. It's funny. <laughs> Always good ones. I got a couple uh, old school ones that I list too. One of them which isn't the worst boss ever, but Mr. Sleet from the Flintstones. Good old Fred had a handful of bosses throughout the years, but Mr. Sleet was one that seemed to always make an appearance. And he always threatened. We didn't know he threatened. I think he might have fired Fred once, but he always promised Fred a raise if he did something. And I don't think Fred ever, ever got a raise. Well, I think, too, that one. And it's funny because you can kind of look at the timeline the era of when these aired right i mean mr slate might still stick kind of true nowadays but that was that was back then you had the the factory workers you know had the quarry workers you had those people who could like you say see themselves in flintstone right and then mm-hmm. they have mr slate and you're like they nailed it all that guy does is stand outside and pull that little bird's tail to tell everybody they can go home that's all he does that's all he knows how to do well then then um parallel to that i'm pretty sure you can bring up um Mr. Spacely? Oh, yeah, Mr. Spacely. Mr. Spacely might be one of the worst bosses in history. Jetson! Yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. All, all he did was yell. He had the complete little man syndrome. Um, yelled at everything, made George do crazy jobs. He was abusive and nasty to his employees. Uh, I mean, if that was a real-life story at all, he would be getting sued for sexual harassment to his secretary. He walks mm-hmm. in the old episode of the Jetsons, and he makes a lot of very lewd passes at his secretaries and, and underlings numerous times which you don't bat an eyelash when you're a kid but you look back you're like whoa that's that's a little spicy Mr. Spacely 
<laughs> well, that's the thing. Same thing too. Is like you Keep again. You look at the, in your pocket. <laughs> oh my god! You, you look at the era of when it was made, right? And the, I kind of wish like we could be a fly in the wall when they're trying to create the bosses, and everybody's just throwing in. Oh, I had this boss once that did this. Oh, I had this guy. Hey, our boss right now. Don't tell him, but it's <laughs> we're gonna model him after this guy. You know, type of thing. So. I got something to tie back to that because one last point about Mr. Spacely on there. The other thing that was ahead of its time that I think people can re- get a lot of it now is that Mr. Spacey was almost Orwellian in his surveillance tactics. You notice that? Mm. Everywhere he had video cameras and video screens to monitor what his employees were doing, even when they were on distant planets or in their briefcases of their cars, and he could always spy on his employee and find out what exactly they're doing. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's a lot of boss like now. No. Back to the point you made about that, there are some articles I was sorting through Reddit uh, the other day, and this kind of topic came up of a lot of bosses in Disney movies. You go through the majority of Disney movies, if they show up working for somebody, most of the bosses are never big characters. They just make reference to them. They're there for a scene or two and carry on. But most of them are pretty horrid. Mm -hmm. There's people that are getting beat for things. There's people getting fired for no reason. There's people get favoritism played. There's things like that. And there was a whole article of people doing that, that that came from a lot of Disney movies because the Disney animators and writers were working under a horrible regime of people that were treating them poorly. So that was their passive aggressive way to get back at them. I could see it. I, I've never worked there, so I can't speak to it. But that doesn't seem too far off. The whole, you know, art mimics life and vice versa. <laughs> Well, I mean, that goes, to, you know, especially back then, again, the era, they were probably, I mean, I'm sure there's tons of stories of how they're overworked and, you know, because they had to hand dry everything, do everything by the cells and everything like that. And yeah, and it still goes into today where, I mean, we've heard stories of like Pixar getting treated bad and everything like that. You look at video game companies and exactly they'll sneak in those little nuances to take little jabs at their bosses. And when you're watching it, you're like, man, that person's awful. And then you read about who it's inspired and you're like, Oh, <laughs> I feel like it's a lesson that a lot of bosses somehow miss learning. And maybe it's because a lot of people that end up in managed positions sometimes have some egos, whether that be good or bad. But uh, you can demand a lot of pe- from people and expect a lot from people, but you can't treat them bad. <laughs> right. You can expect somebody to do more than they're doing without making them feel like you think they're an inferior human being. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of them, when they get uh, pseudo called out for that kind of a thing, they, it, it glosses over the yeah. I'd be, I'd be terrible to work for somebody like that. We're talking about you. What are you talking? I'm not like that. What? No. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so that that about goes through you know, most of my list of some of the cartoon bosses that were horrible. I know there's some more out there, but I couldn't think of any that really jumped out as being a, a big part of any show. And we start getting sitcoms, TVs, movies, there's a whole other list we could go down. But you brought up a good point when we were talking about the beginning of this podcast was some of the jobs that our beloved cartoon characters have are also questionable at best. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we can reverse through that list. I go to Mr. Uh, Spacely and George Jetson. He worked for Spacely Sprockets. What did he do? Pushed, he pushed a button, right? He sat in an office and pushed in a button, but then he was also sent to run factories on other planets and worlds and sent to conferences and other like. But all we ever saw was his job was he pushed a button. Very similar to Homer Simpson sleeping and pushing a button. Right. 
um, the Futurama crew, they were delivery drivers, glorified delivery drivers, albeit in an interstellar spaceship, which makes it cool, but, you know, not, not quite the job most people would sign up for. You think that's what Jeff Bezos is going for? He's trying to be Professor Farnsworth to get a Planet Express going? I, I wouldn't put it past him one bit. That's, that's what all these that's what all these tests are are doing with with him. He's like, you know what? We're trying to get a delivery. I'm sure aliens on you know Mars need something. There's no sales tax in space, Fins. <laughs> <laughs> Yet. <laughs> I mean, oh, maybe man. that solves some shipping. Well, they start just uh, storing some warehouses off in space stations. They just. Fire them down at your house. Oh, my God. Just like the satellite. Hey, the satellite will be over your house in four days. Please be home. <laughs> Everybody duck and cover. We're now going to practice for the Tesla missile crisis. Right. I'm a fire in my laser. <laughs> Either there's going to be a new car in your driveway tomorrow morning or a crater where your house was. We'll find out. Oh, my package got delivered. What'd you get? Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Like, yeah. Okay. Uh, what were some of the other jobs? SpongeBob well, working know, at Mr. Krabs, bur- yeah. flipping burgers. That's not too crazy. Uh, the quarry. The quarry where Fred Funstone worked. That was just blue collar work, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I would like to ride a dinosaur, but you ever noticed in the Flintstone show they had all those dinosaurs to do those extra jobs, but half the time it was probably more work to harness up whatever dinosaur was doing that job than to just do it yourself. Well, I mean, look at the what the garbage disposal, the alarm clock, the, you know, different things like that, too, where they kept them in their house and like. Basically, like this, you're an appliance, you're not a living thing, you're an appliance, basically, I got to clean up after the alarm clock again, right? Well, and then (laughs) and they would always be self-aware, too, like, you know, it's a living like, is it, though? (laughs) Is it? No, maybe the, maybe that's the thing. The humans and the Flintstones are the bad bosses, and all the dinosaurs getting trapped and made to be appliances. That's the oh, the garbage disposal. It's old. All right, take it out back. Bam, bam, <laughs> bam, bam. I think you've you've just opened the Matrix. <laughs> right? It's a living. No, it's not. And so it just made no sense at all. Like of all the jobs. Of all the jobs the dinosaurs could have, this is a way weird tangent, but of all the jobs people could have given the dinosaurs and the Flintstones, wouldn't the first job have been like, how about pulling my car? But no, they're going to use their feet. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to Flintstone my bare feet on the rocks to drive around this car that is basically a steamroller. <laughs> and I'm going to keep the woolly mammoth under the sink to rinse off the drish- dishes. <laughs> But it was always weird to me, too. I don't know how we're getting on a Flintstone tangent, but it works because, I mean, the humans were the bad bosses there. But it always made no sense to me, too, how and this is just cartoon logic because a lot of cartoons do this. But they have the dinosaurs as basically the equipment and the appliances, except for Dino, who was a pet. Makes no sense to me. It's the same thing with Mickey Mouse, where he's a mouse, Goofy's a dog, everything like that. But they have Pluto as a dog who barks and doesn't talk. And you're like, everybody else in this world does. How come you don't? So, yeah, I mean, well, and the, the, there's a. The episodes where uh, Goofy had Pluto as a pet always kind of weirded me out. Although I right? think I was probably 10 before I realized that Goofy was even supposed to be a dog. So. <laughs> <laughs> yep, gorsh. Well, that's the thing, too, is like, even you, you look at Disney, like you, you brought up Mickey Mouse, you what you have. Mickey Mouse worked a lot of jobs for Pete. Pete was 
awful. And he continues to be awful. And like, actually, my son, the only thing, the reason I bring this up is because my son was watching the Halloween special of Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. And Pete sent out an invite to everybody for his Halloween spooktacular thing. And he's like, but nobody will ever come anyway because they never do. Don't know why I send out these invites. I'm like, maybe if you weren't such a jerk, dude. That's my friend. That's because Pete was the boss in almost every Disney cartoon. Yep. I mean, you look at uh, what? It was a. No, bonkers. It wasn't he wasn't Pete, but it was the guy that did his voice was in that show as like I'm pretty sure like a boss. Mm-hmm. Um you look at you know, Pete was in Goof Troop or in the Goofy show. Mm-hmm. Uh he was not a boss necessarily in the Goofy movie. But yeah, Pete's always that big, like kind of a you know, jerk type of boss figure, especially when he'd push Mickey around at certain things. So I wonder who that's supposed to be at Disney. I'm not sure. <laughs> And, I mean, you can get some of the the moderns. I think I have too. Of some of the more modern cartoons, we're talking about bosses. You get into My Hero Academia. Mm-hmm. They got some interesting bosses along there. I wouldn't mind working for that little hamster at the school, though. Except for the school getting attacked all the time. Yeah, you got superheroes around. Right. Wait, wait, wait! You're okay with getting sent into the heart of a sun to make a delivery, but not okay being at a high school that gets attacked by supervillains? Well, do I get quirks? Sure, why not? Okay, well then, then okay, I'm fine. Yeah, we get an interstellar spaceship for there. We get quirks for now. <laughs> um, then there's shows like Ruby, where the guy that runs their entire uh, organization turns out to be god awful evil. Spoilers. I didn't say which one. It's not super spoilers. If that gives the show, if that's going to ruin the show for somebody, then they should watch something else. Right. <laughs> I mean, animes animes always have that somebody in there that has you know that that awful you know that 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 person who you're just like oh you know maybe, maybe not necessarily a boss but it's I, I think and that's the thing too is like sometimes i don't know if you ever caught yourself like watching a cartoon or something like a boss comes in or like the job's really difficult and they're having a hard day you're like i'm watching this to get away from my life guys come on don't bring me down yeah i mean we, we've talked about that before a lot of things of some of these bosses nice because they're over the top and they're not super realistic they just have parts of it you can pull down to because when you're watching cartoons and fantasy shows you, you don't want real life you you mm-hmm. want something amazing <laughs> maybe that's why there's not that many bosses in a lot of fiction shows a lot of them exist but they're not a big part of it because you don't, you're not well, you're not watching it for that you're not, you're not looking for oh man I want to be somebody else's boss like <laughs> I would, I would hope there's not a whole lot of kids that are watching The Simpsons and going, man, I hope I'm like Mr. Burns when I grow up. Right. <laughs> I just got reminded of a uh, cartoon. So I don't know if you ever watched a regular show. It was on Cartoon Network. Um, they worked at a park, kind of like a Parks and Rec type of thing. And they had... A couple, so they had like the main boss, and then they had the really grouchy old guy, and I forgot his name, but uh, he would always come through, and he, you know, he turned out to be working for ulterior motives, but whatever. I mean, he trapped his employees in a, in a dome to do experiments. So I mean, that right there. Again, regular show is a great show, <laughs> but it's one of those you're like, that guy sucks. Yep, yep. Oh, what about that? Didn't uh, in Rocco's Modern Life, didn't he have a job with a horrible, horrible boss? Was it a f- giant frog or something? Yeah. Man, it's been a long time since I watched that show. He worked with Mr. Big Ed. Um, but yeah, he was... Uh, 
Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> well, I mean, he also worked a couple jobs, too, that he really hated. But, yeah, for a Clagamo. Clagamo. Oh, my God. I can't even say the word. But, yeah, the definitely. I feel like that show never got quite the acclaim that it deserved for what it was. It didn't. It didn't. Would you count Gurr working for Zim? Would, would Zim be a boss? No. I mean, even look at Zim's bosses. They didn't like him. They thought he was a screw-up, so they sent him to another planet because they didn't believe in him. In Invader Zim. So... That's a lot of basis for alien movies, isn't it? Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, you look at Home that Rihanna was a voice for. That was the plot of that movie. They sent the alien here because he was too worthless to take over somewhere else. Um, this robot chicken take on E.T. changed that plot. That's exactly what happened for E.T. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How did you not talk about two of the big bosses of your life growing up in cartoons? Cobra Commander, Megatron. I mean, they're, they're leaders slash bosses, right? That's true. I just never, I think I just placed them as villains, not bosses. Because even Megatron, I don't know, he's a boss. I mean, some, some bosses <laughs> can be villains. See, and I was also confused. I didn't grasp the concept of some of the military ranking they made up in G.I. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> because they had Cobra Commander, which always seemed to play second fiddle to Destro, but both of them were below Serpentor in the G.I. Joe movie. So I never really quite grasped who was in charge, because then you'd have on top of those, and you have the Dreadnoughts to try and take things over, and the Baroness was the only one that actually got anything done. Like, and then you had those two twins that wanted to be on the front of magazines and pretended to be in charge of stuff. Like... I was never quite clear that even though his name was Cobra Commander, he never Wasn't seemed to be in charge of everybody. Well, I mean, look how easily Megatron got overthrown and over, you know, swayed by stupid Starscream. And that's that. I mean, that goes with the real world, too. You look at some bosses that don't have a grasp on anything, and then you'll have the assistant, you know, to the... The assistant to the assistant regional manager. Yeah, right. They'll come in and they'll like sit there and try to do something. And then that person will get mad and give you, you know, I mean, how many jobs have we all worked where we got different ways to go, different told to do different different things. So if you're doing this thing, they come over and they're like, why aren't you doing this? I asked you to do this. Well, blah, blah, blah. Asked me to do this. Well, I'm overriding him. So this, so that's, I mean, there's, I'm I'm fixing the thing that you told them to do who was told not to do it by that person that told them to do that thing over there. So basically, none of us could have come in today and be right where we are right now. Right? (laughs) Man, that does hit too close to home. I was going to say, that's a lot of the G.I. Joe and and Transformers episodes is the villains trying to do stuff, but they just (laughs) they can't get out of their own way. You know what they needed? They needed a decision matrix. (laughs) (laughs) Then they could have got some stuff done. Maybe they should have had some, some, some corporate buzzwords when they went on stuff instead of things just like retreat and get them. They need to have something like, no, Starscream, we're going to work on some synergy and some team building. <laughs> Start using buzzwords. That, that's, that's, that's all they needed. They just needed a, a little corporate person to come in and just show them how things were supposed to be run. Welcome, <laughs> Corporatron. He's now a fax machine. <laughs> You're oh, going man. to take over the earth? I'm sorry. You need to submit that in triplicate three times. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, I, I feel like we have severely uh, went on a few different tangents on this one, but it was still a good time. So if we wrap it back up at the beginning of animated bosses, 
in cartoons, what or who, who, who or what, either what, were some of the worst ones you can remember? Any that we forgot about or couldn't think of for our list? That I mean, was we missed absolute, a lot. Yeah, an atrocious boss from a cartoon show. Let us know in the comments at Get Geekish because I want to hear some more of these because after the tangents went on, I'm probably going to be thinking about this all night now. I'm still, I'm still, I'm, I'm wishing that there was a, like a lost episode of G.I. Joe or Transformers where the HR department gets involved in stuff. (laughs) (laughs) You should make that. Right. Uh, Mr. Cobra Commander, you need to come down to HR. We've got some complaints filed against you. HR, ah! HR visits your favorite 80s cartoons. I like where this is going. We should we should make this happen. There you go. <laughs> we might have just witnessed history. Anyway, let oh, us know. Ad Gig Geekish, worst cartoon bosses ever. Let us know. Ad Gig Geekish, and uh, thanks so much for listening. We'll uh, chat at you next week. <laughs>